Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to um, Genesis 43. Genesis 43. We're continuing, of course, our study of the life of Joseph. And, of course, this evening we're going to see the return of his brothers. They're coming back to Egypt to buy more food during the famine. And we see that's the plan. Now, there's a problem. problem has to be, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring the younger brother, Benjamin? Jacob knows that unless they take Benjamin, they're not going to get any food. As we see this section, Joseph, of course, continues to, to test his brothers. And that's the thing we've been seeing. Uh, they don't know that he's the ruler in Egypt. They, uh, they, they, uh, they don't realize that. This is the, they don't realize this is the brother that was sold to slavery 20 years ago. Now, as we look at the chapter tonight, we're going to see several things. First of all, we're going to see the plan to return to Egypt. Second, we're going to look at Jacob's trust as he, has, as he gives up Benjamin. And we'll talk about the value of a child in a little bit, just a little bit as we go through. And then we'll see that Joseph continues to test the character of his brothers. What are they going to be like? All of this fits together. God is working to bring his people down to Egypt to protect them during a famine. That's really the key. And this evening, we see Joseph test his brother's character, and we see Jacob, in a sense, trusting God with Benjamin. There's a lot there. Let's start with a prayer, and then we'll get into the passage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great night. Thanks for each one that's here, Lord. Thank you for the, <clears throat> the privilege we have as believers to be able to come together. Thank you, Lord, for the great meal that we had. The fun that we had just eating and talking and then the Lord coming in here to study the word of God, to pray, to to uh, look at the scripture. Lord, we just ask you as we think about the book of Genesis and we see in this section the whole emphasis is, is uh, Joseph and then, of course, Jacob and how that fits together. Lord, that we would understand your word. We know that the Old Testament was written for our instruction, that you teach us things that we can learn and know and apply as we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. So, Lord, we just ask you <clears throat> that we study your word and understand it. Lord, we never want to take for granted how you have provided for us a way of salvation, that you so loved the world that you gave your son Jesus, that he came to the earth and died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again, and then gives, offers eternal life as a gift to anyone who believes. And we thank you, Lord, that it is not our works or our righteousness or our goodness that saves us, but simply faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the book of Genesis. Teach us now, Lord, as we study. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, character is important. I mean, how we live out who we are makes a big difference. For believers, character's really always been an issue. Believer, for us, we're supposed to be men and women of character. Let me raise some questions just for a second. What will it take for you to violate the Scripture, the Word of God? What does it take? You know, for some, it's, it's 50 cents, $5.00. Something. What, what, what does it take for to violate the Scripture? The second is, are your words and your walk the same? Because it's so easy to say, oh, I'm like this, and I'm fired up on this, and I want to live this. But then, do we live it out? That's really a hard one. And then the third thing, can you be trusted? Are, are we people of character? That's what it really boils down to. If you uh, went to the store, and you bought some for $12, and you give the clerk, or t- clerk a $20 bill, and the clerk gives you $10, a $10 bill and $2 back, what do you do? Do you say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm sorry, I, I bought something for 12. You just gave me 12 back. I really, it's, you're only supposed to have given me eight back. Is that what we do? If you tell somebody that you'll meet them at five, do you meet them at five? Is it important to be there? Does it really matter if you're there on time or not? Does it matter? I, I hate to say this, but I think we live in a culture and many Christians that doesn't seem to matter. If you say, 5 o'clock, I'll be there, it doesn't matter whether you're there or not, even if you said you would be. just amazes me on that. How do we respond when a friend or a competitor 
gets honored, something special happens. How do you respond? Is it joy or, well, I don't know, jealousy? What is it like? This evening, we're going to see Joseph is testing the character of his brothers. You remember 20 years earlier, their character was not very good (laughs) in a lot of the things that we had already seen. And then they took their brother and sold him into slavery, came back, lied to their father, told the father that apparently an animal had eaten him up. And so for 20 years, they've lied to their father, Jacob. He thought that Joseph was, was, was eaten up by an animal. And so now... Joseph is in Egypt, raised up to position. He sees his brother and brothers, and he's, he's going to test them. We saw that uh, he asked some questions about them when they first came, and and one of the things that he did, we saw the first test was, I want you to I want you to go get your younger brother and bring him back here. That was a test to see if they were telling the truth, because that's what they said. They said they had a younger brother and had a dad, and there were twelve of them, and one was no more, and one was back home, and the ten were there. And then he did something else. As they left to go back, he put the money that they had spent for the food, he put it back in their sacks. And he's tested them. Will they bring that money back? What will they do? When they, are they honest men? And there's just some other thoughts as well. Will they bring Benjamin like they said they would? Is, there, is Benjamin still alive? For all Joseph knows, they're still lying and that they killed Benjamin and got rid of him just like they got rid of Joseph because they didn't like Benjamin anymore because Benjamin's the favored one. And then what about Simeon? Simeon's in jail in Egypt. They left him there. And he says, yeah, when you go bring Benjamin and come back, we'll get your brother. Of course, he didn't say Benjamin. He said, when you go get your brother, uh, uh, you can come back and get this other brother. So he's testing him. This evening, there's one more test involved, and that is this. Will Jacob trust God concerning his son, Benjamin? Now, you know, let me ask you a question. How many how many sons does Jacob have? He has 12. Okay. And what does he think happened to Joseph? Animal ate him up. Now, of the other the other. 10 and then 11, the the other 11 that are left, he's got a favorite there. He had a favorite in Joseph. He had a favorite in Benjamin. Why? Because the favorite wife had those two kids. Do the rest of the sons know that the daddy favored Joseph and favors Benjamin? Oh, Oh, man, it's a mess. So Jacob's lost his most important son, and now there's a possibility he's going to lose his second most important son. What's he going to do? Is he going to trust God? As we think about children, we, we want to think about, you know, what the Bible has to say a little bit about our children. We'll look at that just briefly tonight. Let's get a brief review of where we are. There's a famine in the world, and God has raised up Joseph from being a slave to being a ruler. He had interpreted Pharaoh's dream and was placed to oversee a project of storing up food during the seven years of abundance so that, that he actually saw the, the, the dream and, and interpreted the dream of Pharaoh and said there will be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. And uh, they put Joseph in charge of handling everything and they were putting back extra food and everything during the famine. I mean, during the, the abundance and now they're in the famine. They're the only ones that got food and people from all over the world having to come get food. Jacob doesn't have food. Jacob sends his sons to go get food. But I said that in a wrong way. He didn't send all his sons, did he? He sent 10 of his 11 sons because he didn't want anything to happen to Benjamin. So he sends the other off. And if you're the other sons, you say, you know, he doesn't really care 
he didn't care what happens to us. He he doesn't want anything to happen to Benjamin. So they get there because everybody, when they get there, they see Joseph. They don't know it's Joseph. Everybody has to go through this man who is the ruler in Egypt, who is deciding who gets food and who doesn't. It's Joseph who is their brother. They don't know him. He looks like an Egyptian. And when he sees them, he recognizes them immediately, and he begins to test them. And he calls them spies. And he says, he starts asking questions about themselves. And they say, well, we, our father's an older man, and he had ten sons and one, twelve sons, and one is no more, and one is back at home. And so he says, I think you're lying. I think you're spies. So in order to prove that you're telling the truth, I want you to go back and get your younger, your last brother. Now, why would he want to do that? Because that last brother is his brother. And he wants to see him, and he wants to find out, is his brother still alive? What did they do to him? Are they just making that up? We don't know. So Joseph hears all this, and he tests them. And what he ends up doing is he's taking one of the brothers named Simeon, and he puts him in prison. He says, the rest of you go back. When you go back and get your younger brother and come back, I'll let this brother out of prison, and I'll give you more food. That's the test. And so the test is, what happened to Benjamin? What's going to happen to Simeon? And then the other part is, what will they do with that money that he put back in their sacks? Notice verse 33 of, um, of, of chapter 42. That's last time. Once they, they get back and, and he says, and this is in verse 3, he says, The man, the Lord of the land, said to us, By this time I'll know, by this I will know whether you're honest men. You must leave one of your brothers with me and take grain for the famine of your households and go, but bring your youngest brother to me that I may know that you're not spies, but honest men. I will give your brother to you and you may trade in the land. That was, that was it. That was the deal. And so they left. Now, what's going to happen? You know they're going to go back and they're going to say, Dad, we got a problem. We didn't know what he was going to ask. We didn't know by telling him the truth that he was going to say, bring your brother here, but we've got to take Benjamin and take him back up there. See, if we don't take Benjamin, we'll all starve to death. So what does Jacob say? Verse 38 of chapter 42, but Jacob said, My son shall not go down with you. For his brother is dead, that's what he thinks, that's Joseph, he's not dead, but that's what he thinks, and he alone is left. If harm should befall him on the journey you're taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. He'll say, I'll go, to, I'll go to my death in sorrow. If I'm the other brother's sons, I might say, well, what about us? You sent us there, and you didn't seem like you were that upset about us. I mean, let's just face it, he, he shows favorites, and he's done that. So we ended last time with a couple of questions. What about Simeon? Are they just going to leave him there? What will they do when the food runs out? And then, what about Benjamin? And will Jacob trust God in all of this? Let me break down this section for you, okay? The section is this. First of all, tonight we're going to look just at the first 15 verses. That's what we're going to see. The plan is to return to Egypt, chapter 43, verses 1 through 15. They need food. They have to go take Benjamin. Jacob must trust God. When they get there, and this is what we'll see next time, they have a discussion with the steward because they're afraid. Because, and they tell the steward about the money, and he reassures them. But as we go on in the passage, and we'll see this next time, they actually have a meal with Joseph and um uh, the, there's questions and, and uh, there's the meal and Benjamin gets five times as much. It's, it's pretty amazing. And, and uh, by the way, it's, it's 43 through 30, 26 through 34. It doesn't end with 25 there, but that doesn't matter. just want to make sure you understand that. There's more than one more verse in the little section. Let's see what happens. Look at chapter 43 
And the question that I would be raising, if let's first of all, let's put yourself in Simeon's place. Where are you? Has has Joseph come and taken care of his brother while he's in prison? Do you have any idea? You know that that when they come back, Simeon still does not know that Joseph is is his real brother. So I don't think Joseph had any contact with him. He may have sent word. Watch over him. Don't let anything happen to him. He may have done that without anybody knowing. If you're Simeon, you're saying, let's see, it should take them about that long to get back. They get unload. They get the stuff. They come back. Should should be this long. Guess what happened? That long happened, and he they're not back. And, and, and longer happened, and he's not there. What do you think if you're Simeon? I, I, huh? I, I don't think they're going to come back. Gee, that's great, right? If you're Jacob and they're back and they've told you that we have to take Benjamin and go, what do you say? No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. If you're the other brothers, you say, we're going to do something. Of course, why is all this happening to us? What did we see last week? The, the reaping and sowing and that whole, what they had done to, Jake, to, to Joseph. Chapter 43, verse 1. Now the famine was severe in the land. It keeps going because it's going to be seven years. It came about when they had finished eating the grain which they had brought from Egypt. Their father said to them, go back, buy us a little food. Now they finished the grain that they brought on that first trip. And he says, go buy some more. Let me ask you a question. You think maybe he'd forgotten that they had told him, we can't go back unless we take Benjamin. That's the only way we're going to get food. And he tells them, why don't you go back and get some food? Do you think he's forgotten? Sometimes we just don't want to think about something that's unpleasant. You know, I don't think he's forgotten. He's going to have to make a decision on what he's going to do. Look at verse 3. Judah begins to stand up and take some leadership. And look what he says. Judah spoke to him, however, saying, The man solemnly warned us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Judah seems to be taking leadership. Judah, Levi, Simeon. Reuben, Reuben, which has us the order. Anybody remember? Reuben, Judah, Levi, and Simeon. So he's taken the leadership. Simeon's in prison. Reuben's had a bad life so far. And so look what happens. Judah takes the lead. The man solemnly warned us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Now he says the man, that's the ruler. That's Joseph. See, they don't know who Joseph is. They, all they know is the man. The man, the man who's in a position, he's saying something Jacob does not want to hear. And sometimes when it's something we don't want to do, we don't want to hear it. We say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. we got to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. That ever happened to you? You don't want to talk about it? You have to talk about it? And they say, we got to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want, I'm not going to talk about it. Yes, you are. You're going to have to. I'm not. That's what Jacob's basically doing. I'm not going to talk about it. Verse 4. Uh, Judah says, if you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. He said, if you'll send Benjamin, we'll go. If you don't send Benjamin, we're not going. Well, what's going to happen if they don't go? They're going to die. What if Judah dies? What if Judah uh, walked out of his tent and a camel ran over him? 
and killed him. Now what? Jesus is coming through Judah. The promise is the Messiah is going to come through the tribe of Judah. What would have happened if they had all died in the famine? No Messiah. Why is God got Joseph in Egypt in that position? To preserve the nation of Israel, to preserve the Jewish people, and to save us so we can have a Messiah. That's what it's all about. Now, I want you to notice something. If you look... um, If you look back at 30, verse 38 of chapter 42, how does the verse start? It says, but what? Jacob. And if you look back through there, most of the time, verse 29, Jacob said this, and Jacob did this. Verse 36, their father Jacob said to them. But notice verse 6 of chapter 43. Then Israel said... See, Jacob means what? Deceiver. And what does Israel mean? Prince of God. And God had already changed his name. And up to this point, he keeps calling. He's called Jacob and Jacob and Jacob. And then suddenly, he's called Israel. Because I think there's a reason. Notice what it says. Then Israel said, why did you treat me so badly by telling the man whether you still had another brother? I think what God is doing, he's calling him Israel because God is preparing to build the nation. The sons of Israel. From Jacob, from deceiver to prince of God. He said, why did you treat me badly? Which really means, why did you hurt me? Why did, why did you have to bring this on me? Why did you tell him you had another brother? Well, look what they say, and it's logical. They said, they said the man questioned us particularly about us and our relatives, saying, is your father still alive? Have you any other brother? So we answered him questions. Could we possibly know that he would say, bring your brother down? How would we know that if we told him why we had a brother back home, that he'd say, bring your brother back home? We didn't know that. We didn't think he would say that. He asked about a father. He asked about our family. We told him everything. We would have never guessed he would have said, you got to go get your youngest brother. We didn't know that. Judah again takes the lead, verse 8. Judah said to his father, Israel. Notice, his father what? Israel. Send the lad with me, and he will arise and go, that we may live and not die, we as well as you and our little ones. He says, we got, you got to do, you got to send Benjamin with us. We got to go because if we don't go, we're going to all die. And then he says something. He says, I myself will be surety for him. I'm the backing. You may hold me responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame before you forever. He's taking that leadership. He says, listen, you remember, you remember what Reuben said? Reuben said, uh, if we don't come back with him, you can kill my two sons. Oh, yeah, right. Right? No wonder he didn't listen to Reuben. I mean, that's a stupid thing. How's that going to help anything? Right? But Judah says, if something happens, I will be responsible for the rest of my life. I'll take this for the rest of my life. You know, one thing I, you, you notice in our culture is nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. 
If something happens, they're always a victim. It wasn't my fault. I, it wasn't my fault. It was actually my parents' fault because that's the way they made me. They made me think like this. They made me do like this. They made me like this. Or the culture makes me like this. Or, you know, that's just the way it is. He says, if it happens, I'll be responsible for as long as I live. Now watch verse 10. If we had not delayed, surely by now we would have returned twice. Who's in the prison cell waiting? See, he's going, why haven't they come back? What is the deal? If you're Joseph, what are you thinking? They may, may not have, why didn't they come back? You know what it may be? There may be no Benjamin to bring back. That may be the problem. The problem is they lied again and that there's no Benjamin and they're just going to sure as the world leave Simeon here too. That's what he may be thinking. I don't know. I mean, that's a thought. That's a thought. You know, you know what they've done already? They've bowed down to him at least twice. Wait till you get to the next chapter. They're going to bow down twice there again. And he still hadn't told them who he is. I, I, you know, I, I, everything I read that nobody, not many speculate. I don't know. I don't, you could, you could say, how long would it take to go? Maybe some months. And so it may be, let's say, let's say four months over and four months back. So it, it probably they've gone twice. It, it probably was a year and a half to two years and they've not come back yet. They're down to, they're down to scraps. You know, people are dying. There's no food for people. The famine, as it says, the famine was severe in the land. He says we got to do something because we got to hurry because we would have already been there and back. We could have gone twice. Well, the ball's in Jacob's court. He, he loves Benjamin, but at the same time, he's going to have to do what? He's going to have to trust God. And you notice something. Look how verse 11, what does it call him? Then their father, Israel. And see, when he, when he gets to the point, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like a little play here. When he gets to the point where, if you remember, he was called Jacob while he said, no, my son will not go down. And then when he gets ready to say, okay, he's being called Israel. You think about our children. We love them, don't we? The problem with Jacob, Israel, is not that he loved Benjamin so much. We love all our kids. The problem is he didn't love all his kids the same. He wanted, he loved Benjamin and didn't want anything to happen to him. But the way he came across is he didn't really care what happened to the other ones. And they knew it. And he's going to have to say, Lord, I'm going to have to trust you. That the only way that, that we're going to stay alive and my family will survive is I'm going to have to trust you. Notice verse 11. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Now that's a strong statement. That is, that is trusting God. He's bottom line saying, I, I don't understand any other way. If this is the way it's got to be, then you're going to have to do it. Now watch what he says. Here, do this though. Take some of the best products of the land in your bags and carry it down to the man as a present. 
You take him a present, a little bomb, a little honey, aromatic gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, almonds. I mean, take that down. Because when you go, when you go see somebody important, take a gift, take some presents, because we're, our lives are in his hands. He doesn't even know it's his own son. I, you know that part? We saw it, um, we saw it last time where he said, everything is against me. He doesn't realize that in a short time, he will see a son that he thought was dead for 20 years. He will, his other son Benjamin will be safe. All the rest of his sons will be safe. They'll be out of the famine in a sense because they're going to go to a place that has the food and they're going to be okay. And when they get to the land of Egypt, they will be treated as very important people. So he goes from nothing to everything and his only statement is everything's against me. And sometimes we think the same way. We see things not working out the way we think it ought to work out. And we say, everything's against me. God's not working anything. I don't know what's going on. And he's saying, you don't understand. I'm working the very best possible plan for you. You just can't see it. Now watch what else he says. Verse 12. Take double the money in your hand and take back and take, take double the money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps. It was a mistake. I mean, perhaps it was a mistake. He says, take double money. You know what he's doing? They're being honest. They're saying, look, we can't go back there and say we want to buy some more. we got to go back and say, here's money that we bought the first time. It got back to us. We, it's not our money. It's your money. And then here's more money to buy. That's what we're going to do. That's character. Honesty. I remember Henry Morris, I was reading him, and he said, you know, in our society, honesty is rare. People steal at the office, cheat on the taxes, plagiarize, pay the, pay the expense account, cheat on the test, and break our promises. That's fairly, that's fairly common, isn't it? Honesty is uncommon. I mean, when you, when you get too much money and you turn around and give it back and say, I'm sorry, you gave me too much change, people go, wow. Like, isn't that amazing? This person was honest. That should be the way every one of us who know Jesus Christ, that's the way we should be all the time. We don't want anything that's not ours. If we need it, God will give us whatever we need. Well, here we go. Watch what happens. Verse 13. Take your brother also and arise and return to the man. Now watch this. And may God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man so that he release to you your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. He's basically saying, whatever happens, happens. I just have to trust God. Notice what he calls God? God Almighty. You know, that's, you know what that is. That's El Shaddai. He says, may El Shaddai. Everybody knows that, that the name El Shaddai got famous just because of the song. There's a whole bunch of L's, El Shaddai and El Elon and, and all of those words in the Old Testament that are just different names of God. This is God, the Almighty One, the Powerful One, the, the Providing One. That really, El Shaddai is, is, uh, is an idea of that God is the one who always takes care of you. He provides. 
And so it says, may the God, may the God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man. And the, of course, compassion, it, it, it means deep emotions. May, may God take care of us and show us mercy and release Simeon and Benjamin and may it all work out and may everybody be saved. He says, but I have to trust God. As for me, this is what I can say. If I'm bereaved to my children, I'm bereaved. If I lose all my kids, I lose all my kids. I just have to trust God. There's no other way. And, and that's what we do every day of our lives, isn't it? 